Hey guys, what's up? You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree. Uh, it's Aiden here. I'm at my grandparents' farm uh, on what's today, the 24th fucking Christmas Eve. Um, 24th of December 2017 is Sunday. Oh, I'm so incredibly relaxed. This is ridiculous. I'm out, I'm, I'm walking around my grandparents' farm in, uh, just like near Lucendale in South Australia. It's kind of like about halfway between, uh, Melbourne and Adelaide. Not quite, it's kind of closer to Adelaide, but yeah, um, just up here for Christmas. And, uh, oh man, walking around, so my grandparents have lived here for 53 years, um, they built their house here, my granddad was a shearer, um, and just after they got married they built a house here and they uh, had my mum and my auntie, and they grew up here and they've just lived here the whole time, they farmed sheep and um, they've just sold the farm though, after 53 years because they're old as shit now, um, and they're moving to Victor Harbour near Adelaide, so this is like, this is the last time that I'm going to be on the farm, and it's wild, it's, it's changed so much, like, when I was a kid, I remember when I was like, seven or eight or something like that, um, we planted a bunch of pine trees and blue gums and stuff all over the hill, um, when they sold most of their sheep, they weren't really doing sheep anymore, um, so we planted a bunch of trees for like lumber and then 15 years later they harvested them like a few years ago. Um, so it's gone from like when I was a, t- a little baby, it was like a lot of sheep on the farm and, uh, it's quite a small farm, but they were like, yeah, mainly sheep farmers. Um, and then we had these trees and the trees got taller and taller over the years. And there was like a huge, you know, forest covering the whole hill next to their house and then going down onto the paddock. And then they've since cut that down for the wood. And uh, in the last, like, five years, my grandpa, because he's, like, an amateur botanist, he's, um, he hired a bobcat, like, one of those diggy, diggy, scoopy truck boys, and, um, oh, fuck, spiderweb. <laughs> but he, um, hired a bobcat and, uh, took it down into the back paddock, um, around where the forest used to be, and dug down to the, like, water table, because, like, this area of South Australia evidently used to be... Uh, all swamps and marshes and shit um, before white settlers came like even like less than a hundred years ago and um, and drained it all out and turned it into farmland and and he's uh, he's kind of all about you know trying to keep the land the way it was Um, I think it bums him out like I mean he wanted to be a farmer because that was how he wanted to make money but as he's gotten older he's kind of realized like I don't really want to do that I want to have the land the way it was you know so he's dug down to the water table and he's planted all these native varieties of plants around his uh, little, like, kind of newly formed lake marsh thing there. And he's just let the paddocks grow back up so it's all full of, like, these native grasses. And it's crazy high, man. Like, I can't imagine trying to trying to walk through that. Oh, God, there's so many spiderwebs here. I'm such a pussy. <laughs> um, I can't imagine, like, the first like, uh, white settlers coming out here and looking at that, like, it's all, it's all, like, above head height, all of this grass and stuff, it's massive, it's, like, a couple metres high, and there's, like, shrubs and bushes and stuff growing, and, uh, it really would be terrifying to go through, because 
there's like all snakes and shit in the grass so you're constantly worried about getting bit by snakes you can't see really in any direction because the grass is all so high so you're just slashing and slashing it's not like hard grass but it's still oh man ah, ah spider webs god damn it <laughs> i'm walking through the trees there's still a bit of the forest left <laughs> um, so i'm walking through the trees right now i was talking to my grandfather in the car yesterday and uh the guy he bought the farm off of so he bought the farm in like like 65 or something like that for uh, $15,000 at the time, and the guy that he bought the farm off of was the first white settler on this land. So the guy that he bought the farm off of, that dude bought the farm in the 1920s, and that guy was the dude who cleared it out. So it's that recent in, in history, this area of South Australia was turned into farmland. Isn't that insane? And it's now like all farmland. It's completely changed from what it was for thousands tens of thousands of years i only really kind of grasped that idea yesterday um when he was telling me in the car and it blew my fucking mind like he was saying uh so my mum and her sister were the first white children to be raised on this patch of land ever and my mum was born in 1967 you know i don't know i don't know yeah i mean whatever it is what it is but it's wild to consider isn't it um, so I've been back in Australia now since, uh, Thursday, got back pretty recently. Uh, I guess I want to talk about my flight. Uh, are we bored of that yet? Fuck man. Air China is the worst airline. I've, I mean, I got this frequent flyer card, um, on like this frequent flyer program that has all of these airlines in it and I got it for this flight like this trip the most recent one and um, I've kind of now committed to that group of airlines and Air China like the budget Air China is probably the cheapest airline out of the whole lot there's probably like 20 and I don't know if I can fly them again man it was fucking horrendous um, okay so first of all the flight was like a, not a good route because it went London to Beijing and then Beijing to Melbourne so that's longer than if you're going through like the like Arab kind of areas um, and then there was an eight-hour layover in Beijing which is not that bad but layovers in Beijing or in China you try you can't go online anywhere because you there's Wi-Fi but the Chinese internet has Facebook blocked Google which is YouTube Instagram uh, the Google search engine Gmail anything Twitter blocked anything that I use to communicate with people all blocked and let's face it communicating with people is really the main thing that you do online it's like social shit so the internet was like basically useless for me unless I wanted to like search something on Wikipedia you know learn about learn about fucking 18th century farming techniques or something or go on reddit and I don't know have some sort of argument with someone about a topic that no one cares about like the the actual communicating with my friends thing that was you know the only way I could do it so I was in Beijing for eight hours and uh, I have a chess app I've been playing chess on my phone um, with a few friends and a few randoms and that was the only way that I could communicate with people so my friend Lucy I'm in a game of chess with her and I was like dude I'm in Beijing and I literally can't talk to anyone else in my life except you right now because it's through this chess app oh and I what did I do that whole time in Beijing it was like 
It was like sunny and daytime, so I had a little bit of a nap in the sun, but then it went into night because the flight was at like half past midnight and it got kind of cold. The airport was cold and I'm trying to sleep in this cold airport. I, I took the blanket off of my flight um, previously and just like had a little nap under that. But then the second flight back, so the one Beijing to Melbourne, um, according to Chinese law, you can't use mobile phones on a flight, even if they're in flight mode regardless. It's, you're just not allowed to. It's not even anything to do with their instruments because I've, I've flied on other airlines and you can use planes on the flight. Philippines Airlines has Wi-Fi on the flight. So it's not to do with their instruments. It's just fucking Chinese law telling you that you just can't because they just love rules in China. So um, I downloaded all of these uh, like Master of None on Netflix onto my phone and, uh, and then I couldn't watch it. And I was trying to like surreptitiously kind of watch it under the my pillow there and uh, the lady came and was like I'm really sorry you can't and I was like man like there's no movies there's no movies on your thing there was uh, there was Groundhog Day which I watched and then I watched the Lego movie and that was that got me through like the first three and a bit hours of the flight and there was still another like 10 hours to go I couldn't sleep and now I can't watch anything on my phone that I've downloaded, so it's just like, well, fuck, I guess I'm going to read, all right, I'll read, and I kind of even got excited about that for a bit, um, I'll get to the book that I was reading in a second, but I kind of got excited about reading, because I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm on this flight, I've got another 10 hours here, um, and I'm just going to read and just drink beers, and that'll be great, I'll just get drunk and read, and eventually I'll pass out, and so I had, I was like three beers in, and I ordered my next one, and the lights went off for like plain night time or whatever, and, uh, and she was like, oh no, as soon as the lights go out, we don't serve beer anymore. So, what the fuck am I supposed to do on this fucking flight? I've got a bunch of Chinese movies and the, like, interface for the screen is so clunky that I can't even really see what all the movies are without, like, mashing my finger into the screen. I fucking, I can't drink beer. I can't watch anything on my phone. Do you want me to just cryogenically freeze myself and just wait until we get to, like, to Australia? What, what the fuck do you want me to do on this fucking flight? God damn it. I, I was absolutely furious. And like, if it was, the staff was so lovely, which was just like, so I don't even have anyone to get angry at. Like, I tried for a second to be like, look, man, I just want to tell you that I'm really disappointed. There are no options for me to pass my time on this flight. Sleeping pills don't work. I've tried sleeping pills. Like, I won't put me to sleep unless I get prescription shit, which I can't. So it's just like... I, just, I know it's not your fault, but I just want you to know that I'm really unhappy with the service on this flight. And uh, she was so... Oh, that was the other thing? Oh, she yeah, she bought me a second dinner because the dinners that we got at the start of the flight wasn't even a hot meal. It was a fucking one piece of bread cut in half and then cut in half again. So four, like, soldiers. And then each two of those soldiers were made into, like, a quarter bit of bread-sized sandwich. So one of them, the sandwich was two bits of ham, and the other one was a bit of pickle relish that covered, like, a, a third of that quarter piece of bread-sized sandwich. And it was that, and a muffin, and a tiny little, like, like two-inch long fucking scroll, like a vanilla scroll. That was the Dinner! Dinner! I've been eight hours in a layover in Beijing. I get on the flight expecting a warm dinner and I get a fucking single piece of bread sandwich. You pieces of shit. <laughs> this isn't funny at all.
<laughs> I don't know if this is good podcasting or not. I guess it's because I'm out in the forest here. I, like, I can be angry. There's no one around to be like, oh, Jesus, this guy's real stress, huh? No one's around to judge my anger, so I can really just fucking let it out. And it feels good to do that. You know when you get so angry, you start saying the... You start, like, spitting almost. You're really enunciating your words, and you're just like, pieces of shit! Oh, God, that feels good. (laughs) Meanwhile, there's a butterfly next to me landing on a beautiful blade of grass, and I'm uh, calling an airline pieces of shit. Who am I to exist in this world? Fuck. I don't belong here. Um, yeah, man, it was a brutal flight. I was very unhappy. Uh, but still managed to, like, kind of... It was weird. I managed to maintain good spells and the spider web. God damn it! <laughs> nature boy, nature boy, getting scared of the nature toys. Um, yeah, man, I, I managed to maintain good spirits even though I was deeply upset by the experience itself, I still was like, I don't know, I, I guess I enjoyed the flight, I didn't sleep at all, I didn't sleep for that whole second flight, it was like 13 hours or something, um, but the book that I was reading, right, so, when I was living in London, I, uh, I the cafe that I was working in was kind of like my second home, I used to sleep there, <laughs> when I would come home, like, back to London at like 3am for gigs, and I'd have work at like, seven in the morning or something rather than go home and spend another like hour and a half round trip or thereabouts um getting home and then going to sleep waking up and coming back to work i would just sleep in the cafe like behind the till put a podcast on wake up just before my shift and then start working in the same clothes um so i was very at home there is what i'm trying to say and so when i left london the uh two years worth of books that i'd accumulated from living there um I like put them in a box and I put them in the shop, just in the storeroom. And my uh, manager, who's a good friend of mine, Mark, was like, man, you got a year. I'll leave the books here for a year. And if you're not back within a year to pick them up and, and like sort out where they can go, then they're going to be gone. And I came back within a year. Um, I came back in July this year. But at that point, the shop, that shop had closed, that location had closed. And my books had just been dispersed throughout the company. There were probably like 20, 25 books there, something like that. And uh, I wasn't really that fast about most of them except for my copy of Digging Up Mother by Doug Stanhope, which is a fantastic book, but also had a little bit of like sentimental value to me because it was uh, I pre-ordered it online. I was so excited for it to come out. And um, I had this little toy car that I found in a, a kid's playground that I used to walk through to get home one night and uh, I used to take pictures of it around the place wherever I would go do gigs I would like take pictures of it and put it on this Instagram page and I took a picture of me with the toy car that I would I used to call the car the rocker um, oh it was so dope it was this little matchbox car and it had its only rock and roll written on the side and so I called it the rocker which I'm aware is like the lamest name ever but I, I kind of like that you know like I wanted it to be lame <laughs> um, so yeah, I took a picture of me with the rocker and Doug Stanhope's book and posted it on Twitter, tagged Stanhope, and he retweeted me when I got the book. It was so sick. I love Doug Stanhope. I got a fucking retweet from Doug Stanhope, man. Um, and, of, like, the book is also just incredible. Like, when I got it, I started reading it straight away, 
and uh, I would read it behind the counter when there was no one in the cafe. I'd just sit behind the counter and read it. Um, so anyway, that was one of the books in the box. I would have taken it back to Melbourne with me, but I had lent it to my mate Karai um, just before I went away to travel around Europe before going back to Oz. And so I like I never kind of you know had it to put in my bag, but I knew it was in that box. And when I came back and that shop had closed and all my books had been spread out throughout the company, I was like, I just want that one fucking book, man. I want to read it again. I want to give it to someone. You know when you read a good book and you just like, I want to share that shit with someone, you know? I love like giving a book to someone. I think it's like, you can tell someone to read. The thing with books is it's different to like movies or TV shows because there's a physical item. And that's what I love about books is that you can tell someone to like, ooh, some fucking weird sounds, what was that? Every time I get on a roll, some tiny little sound that's probably nothing scares the shit out of me because I think I'm going to get bit by a snake and like die rolling around like 500 metres from my grandparents' house. Um, So when you, you can tell someone to watch, you know, oh man, fucking watch Master of None, it's such a good show, and they'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. But if you give someone a book, it's like a reminder, and it's like, it'll, they'll put it in their room, and it'll sit there looking at them until they read it, you know? So I love giving someone a book like that as like a strong recommendation of like, I like you, and I like this book, so I'm going to give you this particular book, and you're, you're going to read it. If you read books, you're going to read that, right? Um... Yeah, anyway, so when I came back to London in July, I heard that my books had been all spread out throughout the company. And I went to the Soho shop and I saw them propping up the cake displays there, like with my books, you know. And uh, I was too scared to ask last time. I didn't, I didn't really know anyone there. But this time, just last week, I went in with Brenda, um, who everyone in the company still knows because they've fucking forgotten about me. Um... And I was like, oh man, and actually I did know the manager there at the time and I was like, man, I told him the story, I was like, can I just go and have a look and check if my books are there? And I went behind the counter with my massive bag and uh, just like had a look at all the spines of the books um, and the Duck Stanhope one was there. Oh, and I was like, is that cool? Can I? She's like, yeah man, just fucking take it, I don't give a fuck. So uh, I got the book and I started reading it straight away. Again, it's such a good book, man. I don't know what it is about something about maybe knowing Doug Stanhope's voice already because he's a comedian and I've heard so much of his stuff or maybe the way that he writes is because he's a comedian he once again writes the way that he talks you know he doesn't have like a writerly you know when some people write they slip into this other voice that's like I am now writing so I must uh, speak as if I were writing a book because books are important and I need to write in a specific tone so as to uh, so as to properly address the gravity of this situation. This is my book. And it just seems kind of like, why are you doing that, man? I'm just supposed to be still talking to you, you know? But Stanhope uses that, that very personable and informal tone which draws you in. I really love it. So I was reading that on the plane. I read like 160 pages. I don't think I've ever read that much at a stretch in my life ever. I just I just could not get to sleep, man. So hard to sleep on planes. <sighs> yeah, fuck it, China. I'm not nah. Never again. I fuck it. I'll pay the extra like 
300 bucks on a $1,400 round trip. I'll pay the extra 300 and go with Qatar or go with fucking Emirates or whatever, rather than, ugh, Air China. Hey guys, what's up? This is Sitting Under a Tree. I'm Aiden Jones and today is the 26th of December 2017. It's Boxing Day, man. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart and the very next day, you fucking broke my heart. You bitch. I fucking gave you some special shit to me and now I don't have a girlfriend. Is <laughs> uh, uh, that how the song goes? I just saw a kangaroo, man. I'm walking around that forest again. Um, but it's like, what's the time? <clears throat> it's like 8 in the morning now. This is a nicer time to be walking around in the paddocks and shit. Not in the middle of the day. Fuck that. Oh, still spider webs. But I'm wearing my coat now, right? So I can't feel this shit on my skin. So it's not going to freak me out so much. That's the theory. Cut to me in five minutes time. <laughs> Again, you know. Or maybe just because I'm being loud like this, some kangaroo's going to come out and fucking claw my eyes out. Because that's the code of the forest. Don't be loud. Don't fuck with the ruse, right? Oh, man. Christmas yesterday was... Uh, it was going so great. And then it just was shit. Um, woke up early with mum dogs. Went. Uh, we woke up at like quarter past five and we went down to the lake. Caught the sunrise, man. It was beautiful. And uh, took some ni- took some nice little snaps for Instagram there. Um, got a bunch of likes, which made me feel good, you know. Um, had breakfast, and then we were like, um, so our cousins were down, so we got uh, it's me and my bro. Uh, I'm the oldest, and my bro, and then we got two younger uh, cousins. They're also guys as well. They're like 19 and 17, and um, we were all like out the front. Um, just chucking the, uh, chucking the, uh, pig skin around, which was sick. Did I call it a pig, it felt weird that I called it a pig skin, but I'm not going to call it like an NFL ball, because that's also weird. Who fucking calls it gridiron? Are we the only people who call it gridiron, like in Australia? Americans call it football, but that's just, like, objectively wrong. Um, I don't know what to call it. The pig skin, but it sounds like I'm trying to be cool. You know, like like whether you say skating or skateboarding, right? If you if you're a skater, you say skating. But if you're not not a skater, then you have to say skateboarding and sound like the fucking nerd that you are. So I'm gonna call it a pigskin and feel weird. So uh, no, we were chucking that around out the front of their house and uh, just like on the driveway in the like dirt driveway. And uh, my cousin Sam had his ute there put some tunes on awful aussie hip-hop which made me feel very australian <laughs> like the song that i just sang before it was like that oh fucking girls out here they hit my bells out here oh, fucking all my boys and lads are throwing curls out here that's the kind of caliber of rap you know oh that was embarrassing what i just did <laughs> disgusting um, we'll listen to that kind of music and we got some beers out and we're having a drink and, and, um, you know, just like, just being the boys, you know, 
having a beer at like at like 11 in the morning. It was fucking great, and the sun was out, and uh, some weird friends of my grandparents came around, including some guy. My grandpa like warned me before this dude came out. They're like they're all like you know 75, 80 years old, and um, this dude came around who what was it the during the war they had german last names and they'd lived in uh like somewhere in eastern europe or something but they'd had to flee and uh after the war their the, so the family had had to flee while the husband was fighting in the war and the husband kind of got like uh strong-armed into fighting for the nazis because they were in one of the like maybe austria i want to say austria um but anyway this guy came back from the war and his family wasn't there because the, the the mother and the kids were all on the run. So the dad just went off and started a new family somewhere and then found out like years later, like like three or four years later or something, that uh, his family was alive. And so he left his, the, the new wife to go back to the old wife with his kids and uh, and like start a new life again with them after like however many years that they were separated it sounds crazy but um my grandpa basically warned me like so this guy who's like 80 now he was one of the kids um because they spent so many years on the run and with the mum telling them don't you fucking talk to anyone because it could be dangerous to us and blah, blah 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 the guy just doesn't say shit to anyone um so they came and then uh yeah, they were just having like, you know, their old people conversations, whatever, talking about fucking fruit trees and different types of moth and stuff. And then um, at about like 1.30, we were just finished having lunch and we are having a drink and it was feeling like maybe afternoon nap time. Oh, wait up. Brutal. What do we got here? A fucking leg of a cow. Oh, Pitch clean with the knee joint still intact. So the the bottom joint of the leg is covered in hair and then the knee joint is attached to a, a bone-picked bear. Fuck, the country's brutal. <laughs> oh, my God. I wonder if anyone just switched off now after me describing that. That was just on the ground. Fuck. Life, oh, life, oh, life. Oh, life. That's life, man. Sometimes you're a cow and you lose your fucking leg. I don't even know if that was a cow leg. It was a bit small. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it was, so it was about 1.30. And uh, it was feeling like maybe afternoon naps time. We are about to have some dessert. And then uh, our other cousin, our cousins there, uh, they have a farm in Stockport just near Adelaide. So it's like a four-hour drive away. And uh, Sam, the oldest one, was like, oh, there's, was on the, the country fire service app and was like, they've just reported a fire uh, at their property. And so we're all kind of nervously watching that for a little bit um, to see if it kind of developed or what was going on. And eventually, after like 20 minutes, they were like, we've, we've got to go. Um, and the kids have been drinking, like Will and Sam have been drinking, my cousins, but the auntie and uncle they were both like relatively sober and they kind of waited for like another 20 minutes and then jumped in their cars and uh and left and it was a real fucking bummer <laughs> like the middle of christmas you know and they were supposed to be staying on for another night um and they just oh man like uh 
They didn't know whether they were going to lose a bunch of money to this fire from the like on their hay bales. Uh, their hay bales were like burning, and they didn't know whether it was like a fault of someone's stupidity or if it was just like a random like apparently hay bales can spontaneously combust you know that if you don't if they're if if they're completely dry when you bale it up apparently that's sweet but if there's any moisture in there the moisture heats up and turns into steam and starts getting so hot that the rest of the thing like it can just spontaneously catch on fire that's crazy and so if it rains as well if it rains on the hay bales and then you let it dry out in the heat it can just start a fire. Fuck me. Once again, the country is terrifying. Fuck that. Oh, where am I here? Am I, if I hit a little bit of a dead end or something? I'm walking along this track, but I don't really know where I'm going. I'm just kind of following the cleared grass and the grass is all long around me. But I just ran into a bit where the grass kind of gets tall again oh just keep walking through just keep walking through mate that's what farming's about that's what life's about keep walking through smash that grass down don't listen to anyone who tells you otherwise mate thing is country people don't actually talk like that the, the, the day before oh what was it yeah the little fat kid did i talk about him fuck shouldn't say that <laughs> um the little kid that was like five years old and when he he rocked up, I was like, what's your name there, buddy? And he goes, Tor, Tor. Like, that was his country voice. And I was like, Tor? And he's like, Tor. He was saying Thai, like T-Y, but it sounded like Tor. He was like, Tor, Tor. <laughs> Fucking people from the country are weird, man. Live in cities and pollute the earth, idiots. Oh, we're all fucking the earth up. My grandpa keeps talking about that as well. He keeps talking about... <sighs> Like, you think about farmers as, uh, you know, these are the people that are in touch with the earth or whatever. But um, my grandpa kept talking to me about how all these farming practices are shitty and they're, they're just um, kind of reaming the land of all of its goodness. Dear Jesus, that shows that I don't talk about this very much, doesn't it? Uh, they're they're um, sapping the land of all its nutrients by, like just think about money and just planting crops on these lands without giving it any sort of respite or even planting the right crops and uh he, he was making him really angry but that's the thing like as someone from the city i think about people from the country as like you know these kind of idyllic people uh living a very natural lifestyle and, and like closer to the land than us and i mean they are in the respect that they know about the land and they're comfortable on it but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're treating it in a sustainable way still, you know? There are definitely really unsustainable practices in farming and blah, 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 blah. And uh, if you want to know more, talk to my grandpa. I don't think he has an email address, but if you email my grandma, uh, she'll probably... <laughs> She'll probably fucking help you out, point you in the right direction to him. And they'll be living in Victor Harbour in South Australia. So drive down there, get some questions ready, and uh, I'm sure he'd be glad of the chat. <laughs> Oi, Taco's grandpa, do you uh, have any ideas about sustainable farming that maybe would be good for my uh, high school magazine? <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of kids going down there asking my grandpa dumb questions. He's like, go away! I'm trying to plant me bloody trees! <laughs>
Oh, it just got hot all of a sudden. Or maybe it's just because I'm in the middle of this grass. I have no fucking idea where I am, hey. I'm in the middle of the grass. This path has turned around a lot. Uh, I think I'm going back the way I came. My grandpa told me to just take some path that he'd slashed, which I think is where I am. But he, the thing about him as well is that he said turn left, but he pointed right. And I have no idea which way he actually meant. So I did turn left along where the blue gums were. I think that's the way he meant because he said it was a longer walk and this is definitely the longer way. But uh, I really don't know where I'm going. And everything looks the same. Oh, when, we, when I was like 13 or 14, we came down here for a scouts camp. My scout troop came down to my grandma and grandpa's farm and uh, we had a camp down here and we went hiking and I really, by that point, I was at the end of like, enjoying scouts. And so there was really no one on the camp that I was enjoying their company. And so we went for this hike and I was the one with the map because I'm, you know, I'm a control freak. And I was the oldest at that point as well. And I just wanted, I just wanted it to be done. So I was like, everyone else is going to do it wrong. <clears throat> I want to get this right so it can be done and we can go home. <laughs> and... Uh, we got lost at some point because I wasn't always right. And I just remember like looking around and like every direction looks the same. There's not really a lot of landmarks and just walking like 20 or 30 meters in front of everyone with my Discman in playing the hottest 100 from 2003, stomping through the fucking grass. So furious that I even had to be there. And just looking around at the landscape that's surrounding me right now. It's like tall grass with trees in the distance in every direction in varying like varying degrees of far away or close. And just going, where the fuck are we? Why am I with these people? I, <laughs> but just wanting to keep walking because I knew if I stopped, they would catch up to me and then just start going, Aiden, where are we? Do you know, are we lost? <laughs> And I was, like, so angry at myself, but I knew if they asked me, I would have just transferred that anger straight to them and been like, Fuck you! Yeah, we are fucking lost, alright? Shut up! <laughs> that was a weird, a weird camp, man. I didn't enjoy that at all. You know why? Because our scout leader, Dirk Sluter, this old Dutch guy, didn't allow girls in our troop. Only guys. We, he was proud of the fact that we were one of two uh, scout troops in the whole state that were still not allowing girls into the troop. Everyone, every other group allowed girls except for us and one other fucking inbred troop somewhere. And uh, he was proud of that. He Like it was some sort of fucking achievement. And it's like, no, dude, I'm a teenager. I want to hang out with girls. That's the main draw of having some sort of extracurricular club is that you might meet girls there, idiot. And I did. That's what, exactly what happened when I joined the next one over in the next suburb. There were girls there and we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Rather than weird, like, homoerotic construction projects. Ugh. Fuck, that guy was so weird. He was, like... He would always try and, like, make us do, like, rustic showers in the tent. Like, uh... Not shout, but like, like he would get us in the fucking marquee and then he'd go like, there's no running water, so like get a fucking bucket and like bathe yourself in the bucket. And I was like, absolutely not. He tried to get that, us to do that on this camp when we were at the farm here 
and uh, everyone did it, and I was just like, Oi, I'm not doing that, and my little brother is not doing that. Go fuck yourself, that's weird. <laughs> People talk about scouts and it, it being weird. Most of the time it's not, but there are weird dudes out there. So back in Adelaide, when we, we're going to leave in like a few hours, I think. We're driving back to Adelaide. Um, going to spend a few days there tonight. Um, an old mate is playing uh, at the Wheat Chief near my mum's place, so that's going to be sick. I've really been getting kind of bored on the farm. I can, I can deal with like a couple days here, and then it's more that just my family are around, you know, so I feel like I can't really have any time to myself. If I was here by myself, I could probably deal with like, you know, maybe a week, like I'd give myself shit to do, like stuff to write and whatever, but because my family are around, I feel like I can't just go away and write all day, I have to like spend time with them, which is nice and important, but at the same time, I'm like, alright, I think I'm done, you know, I, th- I guess that's how everyone feels about family, it's important, but it's, it's still exhausting, because it's not the number one thing that you want to do, but in your life, it's important that you get it done, at some point to maintain those relationships because otherwise you know you end up with fucking nothing <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm excited to go back to Adelaide and, uh, and my mate's plan, my mate's band is playing at the Wheat Sheaf tonight uh, got a few old friends coming to that to hang out and uh, yeah probably just gonna get drunk again to be honest I really want to learn a couple of songs on the piano as well I'll probably put them up if you listen to this um, check out my website afterwards and I'll probably have a video of me playing a couple songs on the piano. Just because whenever I go back to my mum's place I like to play the piano there and I'm like, well if I'm going to be playing songs anyway, that's just more content bro. That's more shit for the brand. We're going to grow this brand and we're going to take over the fucking world. It's going to be great, alright? So the next uh, world conquering brand element here is probably going to be me playing a mashup of Paolo Nettini's Better Man with the Salmon Dance by the Chemical Brothers <laughs> on piano. And it's going to be fucking sick. I can't wait. <clears throat> Alright, so uh, anyway, that's me. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. This has been a lot of fun. I think I'm going to find my way on this walk. My shoes are probably going to be trashed. I just walked through a bunch of dry mud. <laughs> But uh, other than that, I hope you had a sick Christmas. And I uh, hope you got some good shit planned coming up to New Year's. I've been Aiden Jones and this is Sitting Under a Tree. Peace.